Welcome to Worldwide Entertainment TV. Thank uh, you for having me, Kevin. Could you describe your background a little bit to our viewers? Sure. Uh, my name is Adolphine Lukabushili. I am Congolese American. I was born in the Congo. Um, I came to the States when I was eight because my dad was a diplomat. He was actually the ambassador of, it was called Zaire then. We changed our name in 1997. So he was Ambassador Zaire to the United Nations. I grew up here, um, went to school here, worked in finance, real estate development, and then I started my business. I launched it about three years ago. Okay, so could you tell us what it was like being the daughter of a diplomat? Yeah, you know, I equate it to being a daughter of a soldier, right? Uh, sometimes if your parents, that's a diplomat, doesn't get the same post, you can be moving every two years. So uh, some diplomat kids are really always a new kid in school. We were lucky that his post was here and we didn't have to move every two years. Um, but it was great. Uh, so being from Zaire... Um, I'm not sure if you know our old president, Dictator Mobutu. He really had a thing yes, about yes. not stepping on American soil because the Americans and the belt obviously interfered with killing Lumumba and some of the progress we were making got squashed. And so when he would come for the United Nations, since I was you know, an official's child, I would greet him at the airport, him and his wife. I'd wear all whites and I would have my hair in braids with bows. I would present flowers to him and you know, do the speech. And then before he got off the red carpet, I would throw rose petals on the floor so he would never officially step on American soil and do it all the way up to the hotel. And the United Nations doesn't belong to the U.S. It's international body. So... That's a funny story about being a diplomat's kid. And you also get to hang out with like really smart, interesting people. So it was, it was great. I'm um, hearing you talk about the flower petals. I thought about uh, coming to America. So yeah, They got I, that part of it right in the movie. Yeah. I, well, except I was a kid and not a, uh, you know, hot 20 year old with, yeah. <laughs> you know, the <laughs> <and> stuff. <laughs> but yeah, I think he, that reference point, because with coming to America, it's very, a lot of the reference points is Mobutu with the leopard hat. His nickname was the oh. Um, The stick that he had, just the way he used to wear the suit with the uh, with, uh, skin going across. So it was, I think it was a bit of a parody of him. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So what are your thoughts about some of the stereotypes that you see in Hollywood about African countries? <sighs> Okay, I'm going to be a diplomat's kid. <laughs> oh, yes, I <laughs> and forgot. say it's quite nerve-wracking. Uh, I think this is why my business and what you do is so important because you get the true African story out, right? In Africa, yeah. it's about sensationalism. And that's just all around in any Black experience. Like, they talk about slavery. 
they talk about hunger, war, and, you know, or they'll be in the jungles in the Congo to save some kid that they don't even know. And then they'll kill all these African warlords. That's not Africa, right? We have 57 different countries with different cultures, different ways of doing things, different experiences. And you just can't expect Hollywood, whose point is to make a profit and to sensationalize things to tell your story. Okay, so do you feel that's why it's important for a brand like yourself to provide a product that represents the region in a way that you don't see anywhere else presented in mainstream? Absolutely. Um, I think in my business, um, I say this quite often, I'm not just in the business of selling a product, I'm in the business of educating. So on our website, we have a blog as well. I need to do better about writing more on the blog. But I just talk about experiences like in Kenya or my uh, interactions with the Maasai and you hear directly from them. We have some really fun videos on YouTube, which I need to do more of. But um, it gives you a real view of the real Africa, right? Like, uh, you know, on Instagram, there's like the Africa that they don't show you. Yeah. And also with our products, I feel like it brings together so many different cultures and people because when you buy something from us and you learn the story and someone said, oh, wait, that's Cuba. You're like, no, that's not Cuba. Cuba is a group of people in the Congo. They, you know, they were mathematicians. Their geometric shape means this, this and that. That's not true. Somebody is lying it to you and selling it on Walmart to, you know, steal people, cultural appropriation. So you really do learn a lot by being involved with a brand like us who is there to tell you stories and tell you of our experience. And then also we have a lot of visuals to show you the true Africa. It's not all hunger, famine, and wars. Um, and most of those wars are our fault. But yeah, so we're here for that. Okay, yes, because I do have some African friends here in Toronto and they do say what they show on TV is nothing like that when they show the commercials for Christmas time. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when I was younger, when I first came to the States, um, people used to be like, Oh, um, did you have clothes? Um, did you swing from trees? And I'm a diplomat's daughter. Okay. Yeah. Like, I'm the ambassador's daughter, and that's the question you're asking me. So I said, like, yeah, of course. I swung from trees. I didn't have any clothes. Do you remember Toys R Us, the company? They had the, the giraffe as their mascot, Jeffrey. Yes. I'm like, Jeffrey, that's, that's, that's my giraffe. I ride that thing all over the place. And the kids at school were like, what? You ride a giraffe? I'm like, yeah, don't mess with me. These hands fight lions. <laughs> so I kind of, like, played up the stereotype. Yeah. And after a bit, I was like, do you guys actually believe this? That me? I fought a lion? Well, you said it. I'm like, exactly. You believe anything you're told. Be, you know, critical thinking, deductive yeah. reasoning. So, um, yeah. So what quite type of products do you sell? So we have a wide range of items. Um, we have accessories. So jewelry, bags. 
blankets. Um, we have, like, you see my jewelry? Can you see it? Yeah. This is my favorite collection. It's, it's the malachite. So malachite is a, a stone that's only found in the Congo. There's a really, really small region in Russia that has it, but we won't count that. It's mostly found in the Congo. <laughs> and it's a stone that has medicinal purposes. It brings you good luck, protection, and health. Literally, um, um, you know how like here in the States, people are really into like, um, crystals, right? Yeah. Uh, like rose quartz and things like that. Malachite is a crystal that you would want in your home. Now it's also a crystal that you can wear and it brings you protection. And especially with COVID from the start, I always had <laughs> my Malachite on and I haven't stopped wearing it. Um, we have Fulani earrings. We have home decor items. So um, juju hats, placemats, coasters, baskets and then certain items are special order like some of our clothes we try to be responsible and not have a lot of inventory and clothes is not always the best thing to have for the environment especially after you know the yeah. u.n promise so if you want a piece of clothes that we show at our fashion show or that we're wearing that i post you can pre-order it we have it on our website you send us your measurements we get it made we send you the fabric options and you have a beautiful custom-made piece from Africa that fits you. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Or is it just an online store that you have, or is there any... No, so we're, we're online. We do pop-ups, and um, we started wholesaling this summer. We had our stuff at some stores, like in Martha's Vineyard, per se, and our things did really, really well. So we're going to push more wholesale. I think in the type of business that I am in, where I'm working artisans and I'm teaching them to make their products better and we're designing together and going through like a year of working through, doing a store right now is not ideal for me. The whole point yeah. is to get their products out to as many people as possible so they can make a living for themselves and just to get the story out there. So wholesale See, tends to be the best um, option. And then we do pop-ups. So if people are inviting us, you know, come to Palm Beach and do an event in my store. We'll do that. Come to Malibu. We'll do that. It's, you know, it's fun. So that's awesome. what we're doing right now. Or you can invite me to Toronto for a pop-up. I'll come. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know a, there's a big demographic of Africans here and Caribbean culture. Mm -hmm. So you would... You would probably do really well over here. I'm waiting for my invitation, Kevin. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We could set something up. Uh, fabulous. Fantastic. Okay. So I was on your website and I saw you have a pretty good team of women that do different things that contribute to your brand. Could you speak about that? Yes, yeah, so I am a woman's woman, you know, I love my men, but um, if you're going to move the ball forward and if you're going to have progress, women need to be in the lead, right? Because we've been in the back for so long or haven't been given a chance to be in the lead. 
And when you're working in Africa, um, certain artistry is a male-dominated artistry. Like the Cuba artists are men, and they're not used to working with women. And yeah. I'm a Congolese New Yorker, so the way I handle them is a lot different. So having women, you understand, women understand nuances and the way to handle things a little bit different than men. We're yes, diplomatic, we can be smooth, we can be aggressive, but we get things done. And then a lot of our artisans are women. And when they see other women in leadership positions doing what we're doing, it just motivates them and gives them confidence to keep doing better and um, to keep moving forward. So for me, it's really, really important to have women on my team. Well, okay, that's, that's fair. Yeah. So do you see, like, any cultural clash when you try to do business? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So I consider myself an in-betweener, right? I was born in Africa, but I was raised, I've spent a long time here in the States. So I understand both cultures, right? So in America, I'm not really considered an American. In Africa, they're like, oh, you're so American, but I'm not, right? So I'm kind of in between. Yeah. And taking direction sometimes is not what certain people want to do. So if I might do this bag for me in blue, and they're like, oh, mama, I wanted to do an orange because I thought it was interesting. So I have to be like, no, I said blue. And I said, these are the dimensions. Do it now. And they're like, well, you're a woman. You can't talk to me like that. Or this is not how we do it. Or we yeah. don't work from two to five. I'm like, well, when you work for me, you work from two to five. So you really have to. I have my team. We have the good cop, bad cops. I am not. I can't be the fun person. Yeah. So I have to be the mean one and lay down the law and the drill master. And then everybody else can be friendly with them. But yeah, there's, there's, there's clashes on a consistent basis. Okay, so could you tell us about the nonprofit organization LAMG? Yeah, so I love talking about it. Um, it's called Les Amis de Mulunda and Georgette, Friends of Mulunda and Georgette. Mulunda is my sister that passed away when she was three. Georgette is the name of my, my mom's name and my daughter's name. And so we started it mostly as a vocation um, nonprofit to play off with the Adolphine brand. But yeah. then we realized that, and people come in and ask us for help, we're mostly people that didn't have a vocation. They didn't have a skill. Like when you're an artist and you're an artist, right? You already have some type of skill and you need formation and training. So we pivoted a bit and we decided to get people that have not developed their skills yet or that are in really tough positions care and love. So we work with three orphanages, um, one in a town called Matete, where I grew up. It's two meters from my house where I grew up. And then two, which is split by girls and boys in Casa Vubu, all in Kinshasa. And then we support an old person home in Kinshasa as well, which is not, old person homes is not something you see in Africa, right? Because you absorb your family, live together. Yeah. But more and more people are leaving. And so these elders are by themselves and it's quite sad. And so we decided to love our elders, respect them and hear their stories and support them and give them what they need. 
And now we also have a farm um, about 40 miles outside of Kinshasa. And we have a huge plot of land. And we allow women to plant and farm and teach them better farming methods to be able to feed themselves and sell their products out in the markets. So we're, we're evolving, we're finding needs, finding ways to solve the problems and just really doing it in a loving and respectful way. So I'm really, I'm not there a lot. So my team in Kinshasa really um, leads the way and I'm, I can't tell you how proud I am. They're really doing a great job. Yeah, I could feel what you're saying because um, yeah. like this podcast here, I have it in the name of my sister. She passed like in at the end of August, and oh. she used to do a lot of community work. And she was an artist, so I put the podcast in tribute in her name to keep her name going. So I know when you do something for your sister's name, I know that's close to your heart. Yes, so I know. That. Even yeah. if you're not there all day, I know that that it means a lot. Yeah, it means a lot and it keeps them alive, right? Yeah. Because now people are like, oh, Liz and me, LMG. They're talking about Mulunda and my mom. My mom passed away too. Yeah. Um, early on when I was 13. So it's just, it's a huge sense of pride. And it's to also honor them. Because us in African culture, we honor our dead in different yeah. ways that, you know. And actually in Black culture, because yeah. we have similarities. Yeah. We honor our dead. And um, to be able to do like a podcast where you're talking to like women owners, your sister yeah. would love that, right? Yeah, she to would. Be a, she was a child when she died. So she's helping orphans and being able to feed people healthy food and teach them up. It really is um, what our ancestors would want us to do. And it's just, it's a huge sense of pride. So do you feel by keeping the culture alive through products and community outreach. It's a way to keep the history going because sometimes, and how culture is in North America, especially, it's always like whatever is going on right now is important and things that were done in the past sometimes gets overlooked. Absolutely. I think, I think especially as black people, we need to respect our history. And I don't think enough of us know our history, know how rich it is, how deep it is. And I also don't, and I also think that people just want what's popular now, right? Like most black people in America and South America are Congolese because we're from the Congo kingdom. Most of the slaves came from there, right? So... Let's learn about the Congo Kingdom and where it is now and what's going on um, and support and support your distant cousins and things like that. So I think, and also I think people are tactile. They like to see something. So if you're at home and you have a pillow or you're wearing a ring, you're like, oh yeah. So I think it's time I should go visit Africa. Like where should I go? What should I do? It, It kind of brings, it's something tangible for you to have. So I think having the products is also a nice way to connect. Yes. So what advice do you have for young women trying to get into entrepreneurship and also ways of trying to help the community? 
Um, I would say if you're a young woman and you want to be an entrepreneur, I would say learn on somebody else's dime. I'm able to do this because I worked for a while. I had money saved up. I'm married. I can. I have room to fail, right? Yeah. If you're a young woman and you don't have those safety nets, you know, we all don't have trust funds and things like that, then you're really in a tough position. But go work for somebody like me or somebody that has a similar business and really learn the business, right? And see the mistakes we made and the good decisions we made and figure out what aspect of that interests you. And you create your own business and then you're able to help more people and we can partner up. But it's always best to be an apprentice first. I know everybody wants to be the boss because you see on Instagram, yeah. boss life, boss this. Boss life is not fun. Sometimes it's really great to be the employee, employee right? <laughs> like minus the stress no. and all the extra stuff. You pay your taxes, you're done. Then you can go to brunch and have a fabulous time. But like boss life is not what you see on Instagram. So be really smart, be prudent, save your money, especially if you're a woman. You always need to have an escape fund and all that stuff. So learn on somebody else's time is what I always push people to do. Okay. Is there anything else you would like our viewers to know about your brand or yourself? Well, you know, we're here. If you want to learn more about us, we're on the internet. You can go on our website, adolphine.com, A-D-O-L-O-P-H-I-N-E.com. That's also our Instagram, our Facebook, on YouTube. Um, we have videos and cute little things. You can even learn how to make African food. Um, and then on our website, we can shop and we also have a blog. So if you want to learn more as well. Okay. Don't get me started. Queen of all trades, choose your department. Yeah.